King Solomon had everything, right? Had all the riches, all the wealth, did everything he ever could. And that one of his last words was, it was like chasing vapor in the wind, right? I had everything, but it was nothing compared to the serving Christ. And so I, I think about that when times I'm getting greedy or jealous or just not content with life, right? As man, you have it so much better than 90% of the world, right? And live in the best country and you have an amazing job and people that love you with a family that just loves you as well. Like we have such a great opportunity in the construction industry every day. I agree. Yep. People need to realize that sometimes and just think about how good they really have it before they start complaining about things. So for, for Barnhart, where, what advice would you give to, to someone who wanted to get into the crane? industry, the lifting industry, like where, where should they start? What should they learn beforehand maybe? And then what should they expect to learn once they're a part of it? Sure. So uh, probably the easiest way to get in is finding a mentor right off the bat. Yeah. And good advice. That could be through, you know, the operators or, or the, we, we work with a bunch of iron workers too, you know, it could be through the halls, could be through somebody, you know, could be just going down to your local crane company and be on the door and say, Hey, this is something I'm interested in. What, you know, can you yeah. help me out with some stuff? There are some initiatives out there right now to make, you know, different programs that are exposing younger generations. Forums called Lift, Lift and Learn. Cool. And then recently, they're going to kill me for this because I forgot the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> I should have looked it up. But we just started another group that gives scholarships out and identify, you know, helps awesome. people get started. And it's not just with Barnhart, it's through ITI and a bunch of other companies as well. So, man, I, I feel bad now that I don't have that name in front of me, but it's so new. I don't have it stuck to memory yet. You let but, me know and I'll just, we'll make sure to put in the show notes. No big deal. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get it for you. We've, I mean, it's, they got a cool website and everything put up for it. So that's new. And then once you're in, depending on what part you want to get into, Find a mentor right off the bat that you can mm. learn. More than one, just just take it all in. You know, it took me, it probably took me three years before I felt comfortable bidding on work by myself. Mm-hmm. And I still, to this day, I still collaborate with other people because there's still stuff I'll you know I'll miss. So I, I still do that. But find a mentor, keep learning, read as much material as you can find on it. There's not too many podcasts on crane rigging, but, you know, any type of learning, you know, even your personal development support, <clears throat> excuse me, your personal develop, development is important as well because it just keeps you in the mindset to always continue to be, you know, continue to be learning. That's right. So, but yeah, there, there's multiple ways to get into the field, but the, the the trades are definitely probably the easiest way to get started and they're all there to help you, especially if you if you show a personal interest in it, mm-hmm. they'll be more than happy to help you. That's right. Well, maybe we found the the guy to start the first crane and rigging podcast, right? That's right. <laughs> there's been a couple out there that didn't that kind of fizzled out. It's just yeah. It's you know, it's a specialty a specialty market or and you know, you just your audience isn't that that big. So. Right. You just let me know how I can help you and I will. So I'm going back to the younger generation, right? If you're someone and you just show up on the, on the front door of a crane and rigging service and you're like, Hey man, I'm willing to learn, teach me how to do it. They're going to go jump to the roof, right? Everybody in America 
has signs up now hiring apply now right like there, there's people that have websites just for their recruiting right they may not even have a website to their own service or what they provide but they have a website up now to apply for a job so take the initiative man like there's i have an intern on our new intern he's in the field with us this semester and i'm just blown away by the initiative like someone says something once he doesn't forget it and he goes and does it and you don't have to tell him the next time that same thing happens he already takes care of it like i'm blown away and it just i wish i would have had someone tell me i mean i now know right if my boss tells me to do something once don't make him tell me again and again and again right but kind of playing into that going back into the the younger generation some of these things i think um you mentioned year three is when you finally got comfortable around bidding your own work I, I'm, I'm going on completing year three and i think you just get exposed to more right you get more comfortable going out there but I would say a caveat to to this is, you know, find a person, a mentor that will allow you to mess up and fail, right? Like there's people that, you know, say I, I'm Walker's boss, but under those three years, if Walker, if all I tell him is micromanage him and make him come to me and I he has to get everything approved by me, he's not going to learn or grow. And he's probably not going to end up wanting to be around me very often, right? And yeah. so find, find the people that will pour into you openly, but also allow you to mess up. Not too much, right? You don't want to just fail just terribly, especially I'm sure in the crane and rigging, that might sound weird. I'm telling people to fail in that industry, but you know, let people mess up and pick themselves back up and grow, right? Like that's so important in those first three years to mess up, to grow, because now you're right. There's that, there's that phase of, okay, I'm no longer new in this industry. I kind of have a little bit of understanding about how systems come together and I'm able to go step out there and maybe win some work. There's a lot that happens in those first three years of just understanding. There's a, there's a knowledge gap you got to go figure out. There's a communication skills that you have to learn. You got to learn how to lead other people, right? There's so much going on in those first three years. So if you're a sponge and if you take initiative, you're going to do great. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I agree with you 100% on what you're talking about there. Initiative is everything. I mean, if we had a high school kid come in and say, "Hey, I'm interested in doing this." I mean, I, not just me, the whole the whole everybody at the branch would take that kid in and <laughs> you know, awesome. you know, come in after school, you know, or something, you know. We right. we definitely get them set up for success. Cool. And you know, the other thing about the failures, yeah, you don't want to you don't want to stand over them all the time. Let let them let them fail, let them learn from their mistakes and, you know, celebrate the failures too, because, you know, they're, if you, if you don't celebrate the failures, they're going to be afraid to, you know, afraid to come back and tell you when they maybe did something wrong. So I think you learn from the failures just as much as you do from the successes. And that's something you need to, to reward people for as well, because they learned, they learned something. And if you make them feel good about bringing it to you and telling your failure, yeah, it's, they're going to remember it a lot. No, and that that's huge. And you said something, I mean, you, you said something massive for those listening, right? I, I feel like there's a lot of people who always wonder how do you, especially high school kids coming in and, and new people, how do you set yourself apart in the industry, right? Well, the way that you do that is by doing things that, that most people won't. And for yeah. a high school kid that wants a, a great job or wants to set this up apart, going to a company doesn't have to be a crane company or a GC company, uh-huh. but going to a company that they're interested interested in and saying, hey, I'm interested in this. I want to learn more, right? Can you teach me? Oh my gosh. And yeah. you're right. And if you're if you're a company worth your salt, you're going to take them in and you're going to try to mentor them and give even if they don't work for you, right? You are helping set them up for the future for success. 
and you never know what that's going to happen in the future. Right. But that's, that's something that never happens because in the society we live in today, it's, it's, it's quick reward, you know, do minimum work, try to get famous off of YouTube or something like that. Right. It's not going in day in, day out and, and actually putting in the hard work and it happens to people. It's, it's awesome. I love it when it does. Right. But that's not 95% of the population. It's no. probably not even 98% of the population that it happens to. Right. No. And so that's the way that you set yourself apart. Yeah. The way you yeah. set yourself apart is you work hard, you go and, and you learn and you meet people and you network and, and you, you know, find the people who are willing to, to invest in you and take you further and by doing that, the younger you can do that, the better you will be coming out of high school, college, trade school, you name it. Yep. One of Alan Barnhart's famous quotes is, you know, he's like, he goes, what's the reward for for doing hard work? And I'll tell you, more, more hard work. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's good. It's true. That's right. It is, it is true. So... That Tom, we talked about it, uh, and Walker's going to roll his eyes at me because I keep mentioning this book, Comfort <laughs> Crisis. But, you know, I've mentioned it the past hey, few podcasts, and I still haven't bought it yet. I actually just wrote it down again for the third time, Buy Comfort Crisis. But the, the precept or the thesis of his book talked about hard work, right? There, there's a society now that tells us we need to have everything right. Amazon, right? We can buy something, and it can get to our doorstep that day or the next day. We can order Grubhub food that brings our food and groceries. We have services to get in the Uber, right? To go, we don't have to get out. We can go just get someone to come take us wherever we want to, right? The society tells us that we have to have everything now, and so speak on this for the younger generation, right? There, there is a, there's a line around. Okay, let's let's get the quick reward, but there's also a line around. You know, people that don't have fulfilling work and end up being the people that have, you know, usually a mental illness, right? Something to deal with anxiety, maybe depression. In a younger generation, it's showing a lot. Men that aren't going to work when they get out of school, out of high school, right? But this this field, there's, there's so much that you can learn. Yes, it's, it's, it can be extremely difficult at times, but if you go find the right company to work for, what I'm trying to say is, you know, if you're a young guy or gal looking for a job and you don't know where to start, going and doing something and finding yourself and hard work and sticking to it can bring you real satisfaction in what you do. There's been a change since you started in the industry and where we're at today. What has that been like for you? Yeah. So the, the instant gratification generation meant they're just, they're kind of setting themselves up for failure because you're going to feel a, an emptiness inside you. If you think you're going to, you know, be fulfilled by clicking on stuff and getting instant instant right. because it doesn't happen. You you need to have something that's sustainable and that's you work hard at and you become good at it. And it makes you feel like you have a sense of purpose mm -hmm. and you're wanting to share that with other, you know, share that with other people as well. That's right. It's changed in my whole career it's changed because we didn't have when I first started, we I mean the internet wasn't even a thing at that time, but so I've seen it all, you know, progress. And one thing I I'll hit on it real quickly, but kind of off the subject. But one thing that people were telling us back in the early 2000s, maybe even the 1990s, was you know all this technology is going to come and take the blue collar jobs away from from yeah. everybody. And that's not the case. Didn't happen. 
So AI is coming out and it's taking these white collar jobs or some of the jobs that these kids think that they're going to get instant mm-hmm. gratification from. Mm-hmm. They're not going to, they're not going to be there. Right. So I, I think it's just a good opportunity right now to be, to get involved in the trades because we've got all kinds of growth I and mean, there's jobs all over the place and you're going to see a decrease in the white collar jobs the longer this AI technology keeps developing and coming out. That's right. That's right. Anyway, that would be one of the things I would, you know, tell people to do is, you know, find something that's fulfilling and don't, don't expect to get instant gratification from, from something. It ha- it does happen once in a while, but it's not something that happens on a regular basis. Right. I mean, it's, and it's difficult, right? Like for, I'm thankful I didn't grow up, grow up with a phone in my hand. You know, Walker yeah. and I, I feel like in my w- wife's age, like this is the kind of the last few people that Bad didn't have, yeah. right. Like, you know, I know what dial up internet is, right? Like people joke about it, but I, d- I dealt with dial up internet, right? I had the phone on the wall that you had the, the mile cord, right? And yeah, that stuff progressed as I grew up, but I understand what it was like to go outside and not have to worry about having a phone. And so anyway, it, it's it's hard. It's sad to see our generation that, man, they have to unlearn it. Like Walker and I are going through a book study right now, Tom, it's called Atomic Habits. And he talked about, you know, make it attractive and make it unattractive for how you how you pick up mm-hmm. on your habit. Well, for the things that you, you might be not quote unquote addicted to, but things you just that's your habit. If the first thing you do is wake up and it, go look at your phone, right? Is that the first thing you do when you wake up? I understand the difficulty that the, that this industry or that this generation has, but if you can find a way to just put that phone down and go and sit out and just learn, find find what you're passionate about, but like go do hard things, right? Walker talked about this at the beginning. If you are a person that goes and does hard things your first two, three years in the industry, you are going to get recognized for the right thing because they're going to go, hey, there's something different about Walker a lot. He's willing to do whatever it takes. He's willing to do the hard stuff that nobody wants to do. And guess what? He's not asking for anybody to give him any attention either, right? You're going to move up because, again, going back to servant leadership and what Barnhart believes in, a person that does hard things and works hard and doesn't ask for anything in return, man, that's a servant leader. That's someone that really cares and wants to get after it. So I say all these things because, you know, it's really easy to go, oh, hey, just go find something you're passionate in. Go, go do hard work. But what that what that looks like is, hey, I'm on a job site and I've asked a subcontractor to go pick up their crap and they haven't done it yet. I'm going to go do it. Why can't I do it the last hour of the day and show that I'm going to be the servant leader? I'm not going to go tell them tomorrow, hey, I picked up all your crap for you. Why didn't you? What did you see me do it? Right. I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to go throw it away. See if anybody notices. If they don't, I'm going to go do it again the next day. Right. And eventually someone's going to find you, right? Someone's going to see, maybe it's your superintendent. Maybe it's someone that's over you. Your supervisor understands, man, he's doing things that are just different. Most people aren't like that. And so you're going to earn the earn the right to go in and really just move up in your career. So I rambled there for a little bit. I, I apologize. But Tom, as we wind down, we always, we always ask these two questions. My question is to you, if you are going to encourage someone to enter into our industry, what are some qualities you think they should have? the first thing would be probably a will willingness to learn be open-minded and always willing to learn that would definitely be at the top of my list and the other one would don't be afraid to to get involved and make mistakes 
it was a good, good. bike to That's really I good. like that because for me, get it, I got involved, but for like the first year and a half for me, I didn't want to make a mistake. And so yeah. it was analysis paralysis. It was not getting the experience I needed. We've got, you know, we encourage people that make, not encourage them to make mistakes, but we encourage them to learn from those mistakes. That's right. uh, you know, everyone's still, you're still getting, people are watching you. You know, the, the crane rigging industry is not necessarily a dangerous field, but it is a, what I call it, unforgiving field. Yeah. If something does happen, it's going to be it's big. Bad. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, That's a... You always have somebody watching, but, you know, they're going to, don't be afraid to make a little mistakes. That's right. You, you mentioned it earlier. That's a really good point. I think the caveat to that is, you know, don't be afraid to make mistakes, but don't make the same mistake multiple times. Exactly. You need to, you, you, like you were saying, you need to be able to learn, right? A willingness to learn. But also it comes down to who is your, your boss or your mentor who's watching you? Because if they're unable to let you make mistakes, then you're never going to to learn. Like you just said, someone's always watching you and that's the best kind. It's someone that that can sit back and let you do it. But the moment that you do something dangerous or something that's not going to work, you're able to stop correct it say hey you can do this better by doing this right and then Mm -hmm. allow them to do it again so they really firm that knowledge in their mind yep i I totally agree learn from your mistakes and keep repeating the you know the actions that you did and and learning from them yes so tom if if you could go back to maybe the beginning of your career or 18 20 years old what advice would you give yourself and with the knowledge and wisdom that you know now? Mine would be more probably wisdom on to keep keep challenging yourself and developing yourself into something you want to become. I had, when I was 18 or 19 years old, I had a big setback and it took me a while to, to get over it. So I, I, I wanted to be a Navy fighter pilot for since I was like a little kid. And I had all that. That's the only reason I went to college. Hmm. And I I had my flight flight school scheduled and my officer training school scheduled. And I went took a physical and I failed failed the eyesight. I had a bad hmm. eye. That was before no. that was before you could have corrective eye vision. And they washed me out of the whole whole system. So Man. I I kind of Looking back, I, I, I let myself down because I put myself in a hole, not knowing what I wanted to do. And I should have kept that, the will, not the willpower, but the, I guess the initiative to keep moving on into something else. Because I could have, you know, I could have done something else in the aviation field, but I, I you know, I decided not to. You know, I mean, yeah. yeah. I wish I could go back and tell myself, you know, just because you have one failure or one setback doesn't mean you can't succeed at something, you know? It's hard too, right? Like that's the other thing. I think Mike Rowe talks about this a lot, but there's so much pressure on a high school graduate that where are you going to school, man? You going, you going to Auburn, you going to Harvard, you going like, where are you going to school? Right. And it's not, what are you going to do? Yeah. Right. Are are you going to go work and learn a trade or master a craft? Right. It's where are you going to go to school? And it doesn't have to be that. And, I hope we've painted a picture for our audience today. Man, it'd be really cool. I'm going to put Tom's Tom Siren's LinkedIn in, in our show notes, and y'all just go look at some of the stuff that they're doing because if you haven't yet, it's awesome. unbelievable. 
awesome photos of what you're going to see around the world. But, Tom, we thank you for your time, man. It was awesome getting to get to know you a little bit more. Yeah, I had a great time. Nice to meet you guys. Yeah, thank you, Tom.